nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you are in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hello and welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer and uh, I'm here today. Our theme is uh, bullying in nursing. This can hardly be a surprise to anyone who has worked in nursing in the last 50 years or more. We used to call it nurses eating their young. That's a phrase that was coined in 1986 by nursing professor Judith Meissner. Uh, she sent it out as a call to action for nurses to stop ripping apart inexperienced coworkers. That just about says it. The statistics are astounding. Currently, one in five nurses leave their job within a year of hire. One in three quits because of bullying, which is the major cause of nursing shortage, not wages. Uh, 85% have been verbally abused by a fellow nurse uh, through various different uh, surveys they've done. Uh, Is this something unique to nursing, to medicine, to the United States' increase in raging and disrespectful language? I hope we can learn a lot about this today. Most important, what we can do about it, with my guest, Dr. Paul Thomas Clements from Drexel University, who has spent his career going where most people fear to tread, deep in the world of conflict. Dr. Clements, thank you so much for joining us today. And could you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in nursing in the first place? Everybody, I'm glad to be here. Uh, Actually, just briefly, as I entered into the mental health field in 1980 as a mental health technician, and at the time I was working in a locked uh, psychiatric facility, and I knew at that time from watching everybody I wanted to be a nurse, a social worker, or a physician. And so I spent time with each of them and decided I wanted to go into nursing. Um, By the time I went to nursing school in 1990, uh, forensic nursing was just on the uh, uh, horizon. And so since 1995, I've been working uh, as a forensic psychiatric nurse. Uh, That's when American Nurses Association established forensic nursing as a specialty. So... Um, it's the youngest specialty other than ostomy nursing. And mm. uh, basically, I've spent my entire career working with uh, offenders and victims of interpersonal violence or crime. Now, with bullying, as we go forward here, uh, there may not be any physical contact. However, um, in all of these cases, there is somebody who is committing an offensive behavior, and there's somebody who's being victimized. And so many of the uh, facets of this are the same. And many of the responses of people who are bullied uh, can be the same of those who have been victimized in other ways. And I will talk about that uh, in the time ahead. However, what I will say to set this off is that being bullied can make you mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, Mm -hmm. sick as a result. So as Leanne mentioned, um, nurses eat their young is sort of the uh, old-fashioned phrase, if you will. And I think that uh, it's really sort of sad that that phrase was coined in 1986 and 40 years later it's still the same. Uh, One of the other um, sayings that always just gives me an antenna that goes up is, well, we've always done it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times when new nurses come onto units, they're 
come on fresh with ideas. Uh, we're going to talk in a little bit about the generational differences. They may have different experiences. Uh, unfortunately, many of them find that those ideas are just squashed and sometimes done in a very uh, hostile or non-welcoming way, which again contributes to so many nurses leaving the profession so soon. Um, Actually, even though it's 30 years later, bullying actually seems to be getting worse. And I don't know if that's because we're more aware of it or whether it's actually uh, occurring in more frequency. I think it may be a little bit of both. But I think what's interesting is, is that there's a uh, institute in Washington where uh, people can call in who are being bullied on the job. And this is all professions. But uh, the man who is in charge of that program, he says that they receive more calls from nurses than any other workers in any other field. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wow. 36% of them versus 25% from educators. Hmm. Um, so, unfortunately, nurses tend to be accepting nurse-on-nurse violence. I just read a couple of articles recently um, that are very disturbing, and I'll just give you one, for example, is that emergency room nurses who were surveyed actually believe it's part of their job to be injured on the job. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I, I don't believe that. And so I also don't believe that any nurse is not part of any nurse's job description to be bullied uh, on the job. <clears throat> I saw a cartoon once that was humorous to me as um, a doctor was interviewing a nurse and he said, when was your last stress test? And she said, well, I went to work yesterday. <laughs> um, I, think, <laughs> I think we have to be mindful is... Uh, when we think about people who are being bullied, there are some cardinal things that right away um, start to make us realize that they're probably in that situation. Is We shouldn't be up all night dreading that we have to go to work the next morning or that we're worried about who is going to be working or scheduling ourselves around that person working. Uh, this is what results in one in five nurses leaving their job within the first year of hire. I mean, I know Leanne said that, but stop and think about that. 20% of all of the nurses that we are educating <clears throat> A lot of the research and interviews are saying that nurses who are coming into healthcare as a graduate nurse, they're really not aware of what the realities are of what they're going to encounter. Now, that really should be talking about dealing with patients, but a lot of them don't understand what they're going to have to deal with either with coworkers. Um, I think that many of the nurses now, the baccalaureate degree in nursing has been uh, recently determined as the most difficult bachelor's degree of all degrees to get. And so what a lot of nurses that are being bullied are doing is they're leaving nursing and they're becoming entrepreneurs and using that degree. So in many ways, we are contributing to our own demise when we bully. So when we have nurses who quit, not because of the wages, then we have to start thinking about, okay, paying people more isn't going to do anything. I don't know about you, but if I was feeling bullied, if they increased my rate by a dollar an hour, <laughs> I Forget <still> wouldn't it. <laughs> stay. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't stay. I mean, you know, you can't buy mental health. Right. The other research that's coming forward, though, is that the nurse culture of bullying and hazing is not just threatening the profession, but it's putting patient lives at risk. I think that no matter what we do in nursing, I think that we can all always agree that we go into this profession with the patient and the patient's family being the end product, meaning their health, and that we're responsible. If we had a production line and something was broken and it was going to injure the people who were using that product, we would never let that happen. 
And yet, in healthcare, we are sitting and we acknowledge that we have this broken system regarding bullying, and yet we are hard-pressed to seem to do anything about it. Um, research also shows in this same vein is that with bullying, there are increased medication errors, there are increased, increased falls, there are increased um, other types of errors because people are distracted, uh, they're upset, they're not sleeping at night. But we have to look at the nursing profession. So before we start talking about bullying, we have to think about um, the demands that are on nursings that already make us stressed. For example, there was one study that over four years looked at hundreds of nurses that were uh, looked at a subculture that most of the public don't know. And the big things that came up is that nurses work 12 to 14 hours of shift, mm-hmm. coping with traumas. They manage grotesqueries. They have to soothe distraught family members. But yet we have to do it with a calm and a grace that belied just how complicated our jobs really are. But then what's interesting is, is that we can do that for clients and for families, but we can't do it for each other is mm-hmm. one of the questions that seems to be so confounding in the bullying arena is that if we are truly nurses, why are we not caring for each other? Right. And there are places that are uh, learning to do that, but not everywhere. Um, one of the things you had mentioned in your, um, uh, uh, the <laughs> I'm going to forget what it was called, the, the show that you had done um, a couple of weeks ago that I had listened to, um, you had mentioned uh, something about uh, the, the mom person. Uh, that, you know, when you come on the unit and this person comes up to you and says, oh, everybody calls me mom here. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, just don't worry about talking to anybody else. Just come to me and I can keep you informed of what's going on. That that often can be the person who is uh, knowingly or unknowingly bullying or holding uh, court and holding power over uh, as many people as possible on the unit. Do you want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, especially with new nurses is um, what happens is, is that, you know, you can't say that if something like this happens that somebody's automatically a bully, but it does raise a red flag, just as you mentioned, Leanne, is when you're a new nurse and you come onto a unit and somebody comes right over to you and says, well, you know, I've worked here for 15 years. They call me the mom of the unit. If you need anything, you just let me know. And then all the while, they're filling you in to watch out for her. She's a snitch and watch out for her. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as you hear somebody who is in that position telling you all these terrible things about people that you've never met, of course, it's going to make it awkward when you meet those people for the first time because you're going to wonder, you know, based on what they said, um, taking you to lunch and filling you in all those things. Now, the other side of that, so and let me finish that thought, is so... If this person is the mom of the unit, well, as we know just with childhood development, what happens if you make mom mad? Now all of a sudden you can be on the outside uh, and you can be getting bullied because you're not on the team. Now, the one thing about bullying is is that sometimes people don't know that they're being a bully. Now, long-time right. bullies usually do, but sometimes people don't know. And sometimes when that's confronted either by the nurse or by the manager, the person may actually say, well, I didn't mean to do that, and they may be Mm self-correcting. And so they're truly not a bully. But we have to remember with bullies is that there are several levels of power. 
Um, there's the real power of management, but then there are people who have no real power at all, but they can run a unit because they scare people. Yeah. So basically how they do this is they either spread rumors, uh, they play favorites, they may intimidate uh, the new nurse. No matter what the new nurse does, they can never do it right. Um, One of the most powerful things with bullying is exclusion, that you are no longer a part of the group. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if, if it's okay, Leanne, I'd like to give that case study that I think yes, is a perfect yes, example do. of this. So this is a true story about a nurse here in North Carolina. Um, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, so this really hit home. But imagine you're a new nurse, and actually on your first week, her name is Christy. You're 27 years old, and you're going to be working in the intensive care unit. And she stood out. The hospital had this recognition program in which nurses whose patients complimented them to the management got a star posted on a bulletin board. Well, oddly enough, the board was bare, which, of course, makes me wonder, you know, why was the board bare? I mean, that's not a good sign, is it? Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, she had coworkers. Um, When they went back and looked at this case, it was 14 mostly middle-aged nurses, and generations do make a difference. But they would glare and whisper about her all the time, like she was being something special by getting stars. Whenever she'd enter the break room, they'd go dead silent, and she wasn't the only victim. Uh, Christy was overweight, and she could hear them fat-shaming other nurses that were overweight, some of them Mm -hmm. being called names until they cried. But Mm -hmm. about four months into the job, Christy had a patient who lost consciousness suddenly, and she pressed the code button to signal that she needed help. To her shock, not one person came. She was there alone, grabbed the code card outside the door, checked his blood sugar, and saw they had dropped so dangerously low that he almost could die. Mm -hmm. She pushed dextrose through the IV. He remained conscious. And he turned out to be fine, but she said in the interview, for a five full minutes, I'm sitting with this man on the floor in sheer panic. He could have died. And I was devastated because these people who are called to serve others, to imagine they would put a petty personal bullying issue in front of somebody's life. Right. But to make this worse, a week after she saved the patient, a friend of hers, and I use that word friend as a colleague, said, don't go in your locker. You need to call the manager. I don't want to get involved, which is another typical thing. When she opened her locker and lifted her clothes with a tongue depressor, somebody had hidden a bloody syringe underneath <sighs> of it. Oh, and my gosh. her first thought was, I didn't know what to do. Who, somebody's trying to kill me. I'll finish this with... She called her manager, who promptly disposed of the evidence, and when she asked for an investigation, the manager said, I can't fire 14 people for one nurse. Wow. And so she left her job. Yeah. So even in spite of things like that, researchers have recently said that at least 85% of nurses have been verbally abused by a fellow nurse or otherwise bullied. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So as so, we head into break, um, what I will say is is that we are starting to see some changes. Uh, the American Nurses Association has had in their scope and standards of practice the necessity of having a safe and non-hostile work environment. However, they have started to increase the, spe- the specifics of that. Uh, actually, uh, they recently have just released a um, a document on how to approach bullying as a new nurse in the workforce. That is excellent uh, that 
that they're addressing that at least. And I can't, again, like you were saying, I can't imagine that this hasn't been addressed previously. Um, you know, from the time I started nursing, this seemed to be something that was happening. And at that time, there was only two generations that that were uh, in the nursing field. It was the boomers and then the, the previous generation. Now we can have up to four or more generations in a workplace. And so lots of room for uh, miscommunication and misunderstanding. Let's take a break here and then we can come back and talk a little bit more about that. Um, so this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I am Leanne Meyer. I'm here today. We're talking about nurses who bully. And I'm here with Dr. Paul Clements from Drexel University. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. And um, I am excited to continue this topic. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer, and as I said, I'm here talking with Dr. Paul Clements about nurses who bully, and we have just been talking about some experiences that uh, highlight some of the various areas of bullying, and um, so Dr. Clements, let's uh, let's move forward from this. Go ahead and, and um, talk about the definitions of uh, what is bullying, what isn't bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a very important thing as we've uh, started to move forward to understand bullying. Uh, we need to know what it is not because uh, sometimes we can get all caught up in the web of chaos when uh, something is not. And this is really going to be something important not only for nurses but for managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do want to mention that um, with bullies on units, uh, not only is it the uh, new nurses that can be bullied, but as I had talked about, that there's various levels of power. Nurse managers need to not only be aware of how they should define bullying for the people they supervise, but they too can be the victims of being bullied. Um, yes. So with that, with that power that uh, may not be real, it still can be exerted. But I do want to mention, um, bullying is a term that we've really just really started to hear in the late 90s and early 2000s. It's been going on, but when the years before that, not only was it eating your young, but for those of you who are my age or around that, when we were growing up in school, they didn't call it bullying. They called it teasing. Mm-hmm. And teasing was sort of a way to sort of soft soap being uh, bullied and, you know, that it was a rite of passage. Um, even in nursing, we've probably heard people, you need to just pull your bootstraps up or you need yeah. to get a thicker skin. Exactly. Um, these old adages are just ways for us to uh, minimize what's going on and not to take responsibility for it. But the actual research and definitions for bullying actually came from a man named Dan Oweus, O-L-W-E-U-S. Um, he actually started this in schools. And uh-huh. as it progressed, uh, what we realized was is that from a interpersonal dynamic and social standpoint, it really isn't much different because it's somebody exerting power over somebody else with an intent to uh, either harm them professionally, personally, scholastically. But the most basic definition is a person is bullied when he or she is exposed repeatedly and over time to negative actions on the part of one or more other people, and he or she has difficulty defending himself or herself. Now, I would challenge you to think about that that was written for school students, but if you listen to that, that is completely applicable not only to adults, but nurses that Mm -hmm. are working in the field. So as I go forward with another definition or two, one of the things that you're going to realize is, is that in order for bullying to be considered bullying, it has to be repeated Mm. and occur over time. So another definition is it's repeated aggression intended to harm or disturb, and there's an imbalance of power with a more powerful person or group attacking a less powerful one. And this asymmetry can be physical, psychological, it can be verbal, name-calling, threats, uh, psychological, which is rumors. We all know that you don't have to be physically assaulted at work to feel as though you've been assaulted. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think is very important for nurses and nursing management to be aware of is this issue of repeated over time. So let me just give you an example. So you're at work and you're working with somebody who is, let's say, from another generation of nursing. 
you have a different idea and you're both trying to get to the same goal, but then you end up in an argument over it. Or the one nurse keeps telling you that you're doing it wrong or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between arguments and bullying. So in my experience is that if you have two people who are assertively, even if heatedly, but assertively having a disagreement, even to the point where they have to agree to disagree as long as the patient care is not compromised. So you're going to do it your way, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, I wish we could do it the same way. Even if you have three arguments that week, that is not bullying. Yeah, I agree. Bullying is when now the nurse, let's say, who's been there longer starts going around you and saying things to your colleagues, not to the manager, but, you know, hey, look at her. She doesn't know what she's doing. And now people tend to jump on. And now all of a sudden, instead of one nurse telling you that you're doing this wrong, magically you have five nurses telling you that you're doing this wrong. Well, it's probably no magical secret that the nurse who is the bully has gone around and said to everybody, you better tell her that she's doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. So bullying has implications of trying to injure somebody professionally, psychologically, or emotionally, and sometimes physically. But let me give you another example. So imagine, and I've seen this actually happen, imagine that you're at the nurse's station and a patient is being discharged, and so you're on one side of the nurse's station or you're, at the, or you're next to them and you can't see the nurse behind you who's the bully. Now imagine the confusion on the patient's part is that you're giving instructions to the patient But behind you, where you can't see the bully nurse, she's rolling her eyes and mouthing to the patient, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Or come see me later. That is bullying because that nurse has the power by virtue of her licensure to be practicing competently. But Mm -hmm. imagine not only is she subverting now and probably having the other nurses laugh at that young nurse, but imagine now you're putting the patient's life at risk. Mm -hmm. So remember, the big issue here is repetition over time. Some other recent statistics, though, um, in one study, one in seven employees are bullied. Women are more likely to be bullied than men. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard several reasons for this, but in nursing, I have to remind you, I'm I'm an academic, I'm a faculty member as well as clinician. When you're talking about nursing, we have to be careful about that because only, only 6% of men are nurses. So, of course, mm-hmm. women are going to be right. bullied in nursing more than men. However, I have read some literature is that men are typically much more direct um, in communications. It's much less feeling as much as it is cognitive. Um, so, in many cases, what I've read is, is that they go at it head-to-head and have those arguments, but then it's over um, versus a lot of the feeling. So, you know, I'm not saying one way or the other as much as that this is what I've read. <clears throat> but they also exist because of what is called the white wall of silence. And this is when we start talking about management, and I want to start slowly leaning into this, is that if you are a manager, we cannot become blind uh, to bullying that is going on in the unit. When they talk about the white wall of silence, uh, for some of you, you may not ever be able to imagine this unless you saw it in pictures, but what they're really talking about uh, are white nursing uniforms, caps, and white hose. Um, Mm. That white wall of silence is actually because the administrative nurses would wear all white. And basically what this is saying is is that 
a lot of managers are allowing these behaviors to go on to protect the bully instead of the victim because they're afraid of what may happen. Um, imagine if you're a young manager and you see that somebody's being bullied and you don't want, you're not much older than the person being bullied and now you're the manager and you're going to put your foot down and now is this person going to bully you too and make you look like you're incompetent? Mm-hmm. Um, in a little bit, we'll talk about why it's important to confront the bullies and to get them um, either off those units or that there are uh, consequences. Now, in the definitions, there are four types of bullying. There's direct verbal bullying, and this is threats, insults, name-calling, um, behind your back, loud enough that you can hear it, um, Then there's indirect relational bullying. This is being excluded, such as with Christy, the nurse who almost lost Mm -hmm. her patient, is that um, she had the exclusionary behavior and the rumor spreading both, is that, you know, they all thought that she was being, you know, the proverbial um, teacher's pet, if you will. But this Mm -hmm. also includes that grooming of the new employee, um, this indirect relational bullying, is that you pull people right into the web of bullying uh, before they even realize it. Then there's cyberbullying, which is the newest and least understood. Um, unfortunately, we do know that people can be texting each other about somebody else. Um, I've had a couple of situations where people have tried to uh, take a cell phone snapshot of somebody doing something and then claiming that they were doing the procedure wrong or that they are dangerous. Um, even though that one picture can be taken out of context, it's still in the electronic arena. And then there's the retaliation portion. Um, this, is a, is, this is when people are afraid to go tell their manager because then they'll be seen as ratting them out uh, or that somebody gets passed over for a promotion or they get blamed for being in trouble. Um, I, think of, I think of a situation, and this is, this is one of my um, favorite, and when I say that I mean tongue-in-cheek, um, types of case study with um, bullying, and this is something I'm sure most of you in the audience will have experienced, is that so somebody comes to you and they say, oh, Sally is so mad at you. Oh, she <laughs> is. Mm-hmm. She can't even talk about it. And so next thing you know, somebody else comes up to you during the day and says, has Sally found you yet? Oh, man, she is telling everybody that this, this, and this. And so the day goes on and three or four people are asking you, has Sally talked to you and Sally's mad? And so you're an assertive person. And mm-hmm. so as the day goes by, you go up to Sally and you say, uh, are you upset with me? To which Sally says, no. Where did you hear that? Well, of course, the reason Sally wants to know where you heard that is so that she can punish that person for being a rat. Mm-hmm. So... It's this type of passive-aggressive behavior that can be very dangerous as far as retaliation because everybody else knows what's going on but you. Yeah. And so it can be very dangerous. You are reminding me of many, many experiences that I had completely forgotten about. But, yeah, that's (laughs) about how it goes. Well, it is. And, you know, I mean, we sit and, I mean... We think of them as the good old days, but the good old days have not left. If anything, we brought them with us. And right. in the literature, um, for bullying in general, I want to share with you something that's also very important, is that even in the school-age bullying literature, but even the adult bullying literature, 
is one of the most profound consequences of workplace bullying is not only the suffering by victims, but there's something called the bystander syndrome. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, these are people who see somebody else being bullied and feel helpless to do something because they're afraid that they'll get bullied if they say anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you remember back in the case study of Christy, she warned her that there was something in her locker, but she said, I don't want to get involved. So this is when, again, we start talking with management and administration is that, uh, and we're going to talk about this more in just a little bit, is but there has to be this understanding that if there's going to be a culture change, then management and administration not only has to get involved, but they have to be accepting to at least investigate safely when somebody comes and reports that they're being bullied or that they see bullying going on. Um, because that's when we have to tease out whether it's just disagreement or whether it's bullying. Right. I, uh, I'm having all kinds of thoughts running through my head as you're talking. One of them comes into mind is how much unions play into this, but I'm thinking that might actually be a topic uh, in another segment if we can have you come back again. So um, well, this is... I just will go quickly, ahead. I will quickly just jump in on this, is that um, in the state of California, um, they have changed the bullying law, not just for health care, and unions do play a big part, but I know of three cases, actually not just in California, but uh, I know of another hospital where there was a really... Uh, bad bully and, of course, used the union. And it was all about the documentation. And the employee was removed after decades of work because there was clear-cut information that she was causing um, psychological and physical damage to not only the nurses but the danger of medication errors. So that Mm -hmm. would be a topic for another time. Um, But that unions do not make bullies uh, invincible is what we are now seeing. Right. But I want to talk a little bit, though, about some of the consequences. We talked about the consequences for the bystander syndrome of people feeling guilty, but there is absolutely research now that uh, not only is there fear of being labeled as a troublemaker or feeling loss of career advancement, you know, for are you the tattletale or even a job loss. Uh, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. some people worry that if they go to human resources, it'll be them that gets removed and not the bully. but we start to see physical symptoms as well. Um, not only is there nervous tension and headaches, but we can see sleep disturbances and eating problems. Uh, as with most um, victimized people, um, two of the cardinal things that uh, people should look at, and actually if you worry that you're being bullied, you may see these in yourself, is usually the two first things that start to happen are eating disturbances and sleeping disturbances. Um, this is all controlled by your fight-or-flight system, and if you feel like you're constantly under attack, um, some people, some of you will probably smile when you hear this. You'll think about when you were taking an exam in school or something like mm-hmm. that. Is Usually one of two things happens with eating or sleep when you're under this type of victimized stress is you either eat too much or you don't eat at all. And so... Mm-hmm. Then you have issues with you either gain weight and you never feel like, you know, you feel worse about yourself or you never eat and you're too tired. The other one is sleep disturbances. And you can't say to yourself, am I sleeping? Um, Because some people would say, yes, sleep disturbances come in two forms, if you will, is if you're having problems falling asleep because you're ruminating about the job tomorrow or what's going to happen 
or if you can't stay asleep. In other words, you're so tired you go to bed, but then you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you try to talk yourself in or out of, I'm going to call off sick today because Jane's going to be working. Mm-hmm. So, Is there another one with sleeping too much that you can't wake up? Oh, I've missed that one. Thank you for bringing that up. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. falling asleep and staying asleep. And some people sleep too much, yes. And that, of course, can also be a sign of anxiety and depression. Um, and then, of course, when your brain is on like that all the time, it starts to wear you down. So you are literally, uh, it's called the HPA axis. That's another lecture, too, but it's your hypothalamic <laughs> pituitary adrenal axis. But basically, when you're under this much stress from bullying, you become much more susceptible to colds, flu, uh, other types of things. So it really can make you sick. And then, of course, the worst that can happen are people who get PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we tend to forget is when we all come into work, we can't leave our histories behind at the door. We right. may be working with people who have previous traumas, everything from physical abuse, sexual abuse, car accidents, uh, anything like this, and may make them more susceptible to PTSD. And so then when you add this constant attack uh, emotionally from um, bullying, you can start to have intrusive thinking. You can start to have depression and anxiety. Uh, And the biggest thing, of course, is it can start to affect uh, your self-esteem. So one last thing that I will say um, as we move into our next break here, I believe we're due for one in just a minute. Yes, we are. (laughs) I don't want to lose back on this um, cyberbullying issue is that I have seen several cases in the last year uh, of people who had the poor judgment of cyberbullying somebody on Facebook. Very dangerous. I mean, even if you are a bully, I would say to anybody, don't do that because uh, that is usually a immediately terminatable offense uh, mm-hmm. if you are talking about something that is going on at someone's work. Uh, especially, it, you know, it's, it's libel and slander also if you're saying something against somebody who has a professional license. But I'll end on that note is be careful yeah. of Facebook, Instagram, all of those things is that you can bully somebody with that, but it is um, very problematic. And it's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, so we are going to go to break here, and this has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today with Dr. Paul Clements from Drexel University, and we're talking about nurses who bully, so do join us on the other side of the break. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. We are back again, and this is Leanne Meyer on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. We're talking about nurses who bully, and I'm here with Dr. Paul Clements from Drexel University. Um, what we'd like to, what I'm thinking about is you were just talking about the 14 nurses on the manager's unit where she said, well, I can't fire everybody. Um, so what do you do when this situation is, is evident Many people are frustrated with it. Perhaps you've got a number of people leaving. Um, how do you deal with it? Well, the first thing is is to recognize what's going on and what is bullying and what is not. Remember, that's going to be your first key point. And this is um, going to be a section also where I hope managers will sort of hone in on this is because a lot of times uh, you are the one that people will or will not come to depending on how much they trust. Uh, or may have to interface with human resources. So whenever somebody comes to you and you really would want to encourage them to do that, um, the first thing you need to do is be able and willing to go and address it. Uh, typically, if it's the first time that you've heard sort of the situation between two employees, I would go to the person that's being you know, said to be the bully um, and ask them what's going on. Now, this is something that I would like to encourage everybody, whether you're documenting or whether you're investigating, is bullying is a highly emotional type of thing, and and it doesn't take away the fact that the emotion of it is very damaging. But what we want to do is when we're assessing this or when we're reporting this is we really want to stay out of all of that emotion. It doesn't mean that the emotion doesn't matter, but when you are reporting or investigating this, um, emotion tends to cloud any ability to move forward. So what you really want to do is talk about what happened, what happened with whom and when, um, because then that way you have the facts. Then you gives the opportunity for the bully to discuss what happened, not why it happened, you know, what happened, and then that puts you into a position where you can determine whether or not it was an appropriate behavior or not. But one of the things we have to think about, and I do have to throw this in, is for management. Um, 
Last year, they determined that the cost from bullying in the workplace with people leaving was as much as $4 billion. For oh, year. my gosh. And when you think about it, if you are a manager, um, if you lose, for every employee you lose, think about all the time and money for reorienting. And if you're a nurse who leaves, think about having to go and be oriented uh, mm-hmm. somewhere new and get to know people. So one of the things we have to um, worry about as managers is you can't be afraid of lawsuits. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but what some of the anecdotal evidence is saying is is that people are leaving their jobs and they are taking legal action against facilities for a hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. So now you find yourself in between two different lawsuits. Is it a lawsuit right. where you get rid of somebody who is causing damage on a unit or is it a lawsuit from somebody who was a good employee? And, and was damaged. Exactly. So yeah. in those cases, that's why having the evidence becomes very important. And what I can say to you is the message I want to say to everybody is document, document, document. People always say to me, Paul, you know, I feel helpless and this happens all the time. The documentation becomes so important. And it can be as simple as a little notebook if you're being, if you feel like you're being bullied and just write what happened and when. Um, I would always initially go to your manager so that they can be aware of it, but then document. And let me just get, and even if it seems small, that can be ferreted out later if this goes forward. But let me just give you a forensic example. Uh, and I think some of you will get this. Um, I was in court one time with a woman who, um, she said she had been battered for the last 15 years. And when her husband finally pulled a gun in front of the kids, she put a restraining order. So when they go in front of the judge, her husband, who was a police officer, Mm -hmm. um, they went in front of the judge. And, of course, the lawyer was pushing for him to go to jail for a lengthy bout of time and whatever. And, you know, you can't blame the judge for this. Is He honestly said, okay, I have one piece of paper. You said you've been being battered for 15 years, but I have one piece of paper. Now, let's compare that to a case where there is a stack of paper with 35 little things or a big Mm -hmm. thing. The judge is more inclined to take consequences on somebody where there's documentation. So in that same vein, I want to say that not only is it incumbent upon managers and administration to take care and protect their employees, it's important for employees to document as well. Uh, sometimes when I do safety assessments of hospitals as a consultant or something like that, I'm always amazed when I have frontline staff who say this place isn't safe, it's hostile, and it's out of control. And then I go to the administration and they say, you know, we're glad you're here, but as you've seen, we have really smooth running units and <laughs> we don't have those problems. And you can't say that, you know, because then, then you get the frontline staff who say, well, administration doesn't care. And then when something happens, they'll care. But... <laughs> There's a disconnect, Leanne, is that if we don't tell people in administration management that it's going on, we can't hold them responsible to take care of it. Right. So I really want to encourage people um, to report these things. Uh, Right now, unfortunately, except in one state, which is California, workplace bullying is not yet considered illegal, um, although 24 states have introduced bills right now. Uh, to look at this, which I think is very revealing, uh, and this isn't just healthcare, um, that is very revealing that uh, bullying in the workplace in general is becoming a problem. 
So since it is not illegal, what we're finding as far as successful, I don't like to use the word prosecution, um, but successful intervention is that we all need to be aware of our zero tolerance for violence policy. Um, this would fall under the umbrella of that, is we tend to think of violence in hospitals typically as the patient or the family member who assaults the nurse. Mm-hmm. Well, that's only one definition. Hostile work environment or abusive work environment is violence, and it should not be tolerated. So when hospital management um, does intervene and when employees do report, what it does is it gives them the ability to take action, and it actually limits employers from secondary liability. Um, so once again, it gets back to, you know, who is going to be the person with the consequences, the bully or the uh, bullied? So zero tolerance for violence policies do hold the employer accountable. Now, I am not sitting here on this lecture and saying, go sue your hospital. That's not what yeah, I'm saying. Right. <laughs> well, Please. Well, God, I don't want the people to... Well, it doesn't help. <laughs> no, because that's yeah. not it. We have to work from the bottom up. And so by documenting, if I were a manager, I would want documentation... Number two, if I'm a manager who's being bullied, it's going to make it less worrisome for me to take action if I have a list of things. So document, if anybody sees you being bullied, ask them if you can put down their name and the time of when this happens. I think if you're truly being bullied, because remember, going back and tying this back to the original definition, it's repeated and over time. Sometimes if you think you're being bullied and you start documenting it, it really starts to help you see if there is a pattern and you truly are being bullied. And also, as with most violent behavior by bullies or by offenders, is it tends to increase in severity over time. Mm-hmm. And so you can sometimes see this. I will also just share with you as far as recourse or protecting yourself is um, the Nurses Association, American Nurses Association, is now really using the code of ethics um, as something is that it is unethical for any of us as nurses to be creating a hostile work environment for our peers. But also, um, state nurses associations are starting to look at this uh, and create policies and also uh, human resources. I know from talking to a lot of people in human resources that many of their national and local conferences now are actually... Uh, having presentations about this because it typically mm-hmm. does involve them. And so that would be another one of your resources um, for you so to uh, go to. What this reminds me of is when uh, things started to come out about uh, sexual harassment and and uh, that kind of thing in the workplace. And I remember there were tons and tons and tons of uh, uh, trainings that happened for everybody from the top down and back up again. Um, and, you know, then it was hopefully followed up with various different people that um, – we're in charge of that, you know, through uh, all the different places, the leadership and, and HR, et cetera. Um, but I don't hear about this kind of training happening in the workplace anymore. Is that something that is happening and being ignored? Um, I will wrap up here because you just sort of led me right down the garden path to where mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap okay. up. Is I often say that bullying is the new sexual harassment. 
And the reason I say that is, is that when I first started out in nursing in 1990 and was before that as a mental health technician in the 80s, when a physician or a respiratory therapist, whatever, would do something sexually um, inappropriate with a nurse, it was just laughed off. And Mm -hmm. then when the sexual harassment policies came, stop and think about it. We had to define what sexual harassment was and what it was Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Um, and then once that came about, we had policies. And I will tell you this, in 2018, I would be hard-pressed to think of a single man that would do something sexually inappropriate to a nurse or vice versa, a woman to a man, mm-hmm. because they know clear-cut what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. What that means is, is that it wasn't just a legal change, it was a culture change, because we had to accept uh-huh. that sexual harassment was real. So right. I think that how I will end this is, is that Workplace bullying is the new sexual harassment. We are in the process of defining what it is and what it is not. We are in the process of developing policies. And in regard to you talking about training, we don't do sexual harassment training much anymore because I think it's pretty much a national and federal standard that everybody knows, whereas workplace bullying is not. However, I will tell you from my journeys across the nation and doing these lectures is that uh, some hospitals now, as if they have OSHA and they have CPR and they have whatever, as many of them are now including um, these zero tolerance for violence policies, including uh, civil. Many places don't call it workplace bullying. They call it in civil or in civil behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are including that now in their orientation and some even at the uh, annual requirements. But my last comment will be so that we will remain on time is, is that it's a culture shift, and these last few seconds we've talked about with sexual harassment and workplace bullying, it is a culture shift, and it starts with each of us. We have to document, we have to report, we have to intervene at the various levels. Yes, absolutely. Um, I definitely would like to have you come back on, and, and for our listeners, I would love to hear some of your stories if you could send that information to me at uh, leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. I would love to hear some of those stories. And uh, we will, uh, I will twist Dr. Clement's arm to come back on here uh, and talk more about it. I can think of 12 different directions I'd like to go from here. Uh, but we do have to uh, close. And uh, that is an unfortunate thing of, of uh, the hour. But uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, what you have shared is very, very helpful. I can think of many people just off the top of my head that are going to be able to use this information uh, to their advantage. So uh, I thank, well, thank you very you much. Yes, you're so welcome. And also, just in, in terms of uh, Thanksgiving, I'd like to thank all of the people at voiceamerica.com who keep this show going. And I'm so appreciative of my um, uh, senior executive producer, Tacey Trump, who uh, has really kept me going for a year. And uh, I want to thank everybody in uh, host services. And we will be back next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.